Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Each week, we turn to the Scripture and our faith to help us live our lives faithfully and effectively. This week, I'm going to be talking about one of the results of the isolation and stress we've been feeling during the past year during the COVID-19 pandemic. And that is the confusing way in which time seems to be passing. In addition to Scripture, I'll be referring to what psychologists have have to say on the issue. And I invite you to think with me about time. Lately, time has seemed a little out of joint for me. Sometimes during this pandemic year, it seemed like the days dragged on endlessly. Robbed of much of my normal activities, I struggled to fill my day. Looking back, however, it's like the year passed in a flash, like it never even happened. Come to find out, I'm not the only one who's feeling this way. In doing a little research, I found out that the Bible has a lot to say about the subject of time. Probably the most familiar verse in the Bible about time is the following found in the book of Ecclesiastes. It talks about the various times in our lives. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. We seldom stop to think about it, but we can look at our lives as being divided up into unique times depending upon the things that are going on in our lives or the things that we are concerned about. Look back on your own life. What times have you experienced? What time are you living in now? If we've lost someone we love, we live through a time of sorrow. Now we are living in springtime, a time for planting and a time for growing. The past year, for many of us, has been a time for mourning, or even a time for hiding and a time for fear. The good news is that none of these times is permanent. We all hope that we are coming up on a time to heal, a time to laugh, a time to dance, and yes, a time to embrace. It's a matter of perspective. 
but we can intentionally change our focus. I think we'll see we could even control the way we experience the passing of time. Now that said, we can get stuck in times that never seem to end. And fortunately, these are usually the negative times. According to a recent study published in the psychology journal Plus One, 80% of people surveyed reported a change in their perception of time during the coronavirus pandemic. The author writes, How participants experience the distortion of time is really the key to these findings. According to the authors, higher stress levels, increasing age, reduced task load, and decreasing satisfaction with less socialization is linked to the feeling of a slower passage of time during the day, while younger, more socially satisfied participants seem more likely to experience time passing more quickly. See, we aren't crazy. The speeding up and slowing down of time is a thing. I've noticed another phenomenon that I've experienced and that many people I talk to also report having experienced, is that while time drags in the moment, looking back at it seems like the year has passed in the blink of the eye. You know, it reminds me of the way Paul talks about the way we will experience time in eternity. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes, Listen, I'll tell you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed, for this perishable body must put on imperishability, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Yes, time is a mystery, all right. I've often used this passage when people ask me, usually after a loved one has been lost, about how we will experience time after we die. Will it seem like we have to wait forever to be reunited with those we love who die years later? Or are grandpas and grandmas sitting around twiddling their thumbs, waiting to give their grandkids a hug? Paul is saying that when we enter eternity, when we die, that our experience of the passage of time ceases to exist. A day or eternity passes in the blink of an eye. It will seem that we all awaken simultaneously. At least that's my spin. In his semi-autobiographical novel, Slaughterhouse-Five, Kurt Vonnegut describes his experience of the horrors of World War II in Dresden, Germany. His main character, Billy Pilgrim, says that he has become unstuck in time. And the story continually shifts back and forth among events of the past, present, and future. Now, in this fanciful story, Billy encounters alien beings who give him some advice about dealing with time. They tell Billy that time does not matter in life and that the most important thing to worry about when dealing with time is the moment that is happening right now, not the past, not the future. Some good advice. I'll come back a little later. I think I 
Maybe I have become unstuck in time. It seems like the past year never happened. Day-to-day time all feels to be in slow motion. But larger chunks of time, like looking back a week or month or over the past year, goes fast. I catch myself going back and forth from one from, on the one hand, hardly able to wait for the day to be over, while on the other hand, I regret feeling that I've wasted a chunk of my life. Either way, the feeling of time slipping feels disorienting and unpleasant. It's just one more thing to deal with in coping with our topsy-turvy lives. Our brains are trying to deal with the loss of our normal daily routines. Few of us have been able to go about our lives on our normal schedules. Several things are contributing to our time confusion or time fog. First of all, we've been robbed of our normal social relationships. Now, My wife and I have only one adult child and a small circle of friends, close friends. And although our circle is small, we're used to frequent and meaningful interactions. We visit our daughter frequently and enjoy our time together with her dog, Ernie the Pug. We not only socialize with our friends in our homes, but we travel together and engage in recreational activities together. But from March 2020 to March 2021, those interactions were virtually non-existent. I'm more of an introvert and can survive with less human contact than my wife, for example. And at first, I admit to kind of enjoying the isolation. I got more me time. And my wife and I spent more time together. But looking back, I realize how much I missed being with others and the effects that it had on me. Like most other people, we both relied on Zoom and social media to keep in touch. But keeping in touch is misleading, talking about social media, because there is no touching going on other than with your touch screen or your keypad. I continue my chaplain ministry using phone, text, and Zoom, but it's just not the same. God created us to be social beings. After God creates Adam in the Garden of Eden, he says, it's not good that he should be alone. So God creates a partner for Adam, Eve, of course, which will eventually lead to the population of the earth. We weren't created to be alone. And because of all of Adam's offspring, we don't need to be alone often. Not only do we need socialization, but we also need touch, physical contact. The healing stories of Jesus demonstrate the importance of touch. In Mark 1.40, we read, A leper came to Jesus, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. And immediately when he touched him, the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. We need touch in order to live. During World War I, large numbers of babies were warehoused in orphanages. And it was soon noticed that healthy babies were failing to grow normally, and eventually many even died. 
This wasting away came to be known as the failure to thrive syndrome. These babies were literally dying to be touched. The same thing has been observed in nursing homes where residents are rarely touched other than to be repositioned in their beds or given a bath. The main source of meaningful touch are relatives and loved ones who unfortunately have been barred from seeing and touching their aging relatives during the past year. This has led to a noticeable decline and death of elderly residents, not from the effects of COVID-19 infection, but because they are not being touched. We also rely on routine for normal functioning and time. When I first retired from full-time ministry, I remember getting together with a friend of mine who had retired from a long, busy career as a lawyer. But he completely retired. He talked about time now that our normal routines had been disrupted. We talked in terms of passing time, spending time, wasting time, and even killing time. Take away our routines and dealing with time becomes problematic. That's why so many people go back to work at part-time jobs or join volunteer organizations after they retire. They have too much time on their hands. Otherwise, life becomes a blur of meaningless activity. During the quarantine year, millions of Americans lost their jobs. They were robbed not only of a source of income, but they were also robbed of their normal routines. And the same goes for those who began working remotely. Their work hours became more flexible. For some, normal hygiene suffered. Unless you have a Zoom meeting, you don't have to shave, put on makeup, or even get dressed. A lot of embarrassing stories have been told about standing people standing up in a Zoom meeting and realizing they aren't wearing any pants. The freedom of being able to stay home has led to health problems. Some people report not eating well, exercising less, and having their sleep schedules disrupted. Couple these factors with a lowered frequency of seeking medical attention, and doctors in hospitals are now seeing large numbers of people with serious untreated medical conditions. All of these stressors contribute to our time confusion, or time fog. But there's some good news. Although the future course of the pandemic is still uncertain, we're seeing a decrease in infections, hospitalizations, and deaths due to COVID-19. Things are slowly coming back to a degree of normalcy. In the meantime, however, what we've been talking about can help us reestablish a healthy, healthy real relationship with time. To make it easier to remember, I'll stress four R's to focus on. Relationships, routine, rest and recreation, and recentering. I know that many of you have already done it, but seek as many ways as possible to nourish your relationships and reestablish or renew. In addition to social media, find new avenues to re-engage. Following mask and distancing protocols may seem counterintuitive, but it's important. Although both of these still keep us apart, they allow us to get one step closer to each other and will eventually lead to normal social interactions. Get vaccinated. 
Fully vaccinated people can resume normal contact with each other. Grandparents can hug their grandkids again. Also, take advantage of safe outdoor gatherings and events. You may find yourself resistant to getting back out there again, but do it. It's vital for us to start socializing again. Second, make sure to have some routine in your life. If you're not able to go to work, it's necessary to establish and maintain other routines. Well, my day always begins with a cup of coffee and working the crossword puzzle. Kind of mundane, but it's a routine. Admiral General McRaven, a retired admiral, has written a book based on a commitment address that he gave at the University of Texas in 2014. It's titled, Make Your Bed. McRaven encourages making your bed the first thing you do every morning. First of all, you have to get out of bed in order to make it. But it also starts the day off with a visible sense of accomplishment. It launches your day into a successful routine. Routines need not to be mind-numbing. They're just life-structuring. And when we honor routines, we don't need to wonder where the time goes. We know where it goes. Now, we also need rest and recreation. These are two keys to a healthy lifestyle. We need rest to regenerate our minds and our bodies. And when we stay at home with, a, with few commitments during the day, we may fall into the trap of staying up late watching TV or playing video games and then lolling around in bed in the morning. This disrupts our sleep patterns and adds to our time confusion. And that's why recreation and exercise provide a needed counterpoint to rest. Recreation tires us out and helps us sleep at night. Pretty simple. Finally, recenter your life on the now. Remember what those aliens said to Billy Pilgrim in Slaughterhouse Five? The most important thing to worry about when dealing with time is the moment that it's happening right now. Not the past, not the future. You know, nothing ever happens in the past because the past is just a memory. Nothing ever happens in the future because the future is just a dream. Everything happens in the present. The present is what matters. Spend less time worrying about the past and fantasizing about the future. Be here now. How we live in time is of utmost importance. Psalm 90 helps us keep things in perspective and will provide us something to take away. It says, The days of our life are 70 years, or perhaps 80, if we are strong. So teach us to count our days, that we may gain a wise heart. You know, these are the times of our lives, for better and for worse. May God bless you and keep you, and fill your days with purpose and peace. Amen.
Oh 